a song, you're the piano man. Sing us a song tonight. Well, we're all in the mood for a murder. Hi. Hey, that was fun. I, uh, I, it, it felt topical. Also, I promised voices last week and then didn't do any. And I was like, you know what? We're going to just get off the gate before the second drink hits me. So you, you ruined my whole opening. I had all we these jokes planned about how you never deliver on your promises. Oh, no. Now I got to scrap all of them and make jokes about how you deliver on your promises. Yeah. I'm trying to make a joke about a promise ring. Yes. How are Can you? Can we hear each other? Good. Sorry, I keep talking over you. Hey. Now we got a little... Uh, the, the connection's not great because we're using Discord. Because Facebook won't work. We gotta... I I guess I have to find another recording solution for the show, huh? Do we want to try Skype? I don't want to have Skype on my computer. That's fair. I know Steam is also iffy, and I don't think I have Blizzard shit on my computer anymore. They can't installed it. I don't think uh, Blizzard is going to be better than Steam. So that's okay. Oh, you know what? They they finally announced uh open not open, but they're gonna do a beta for Overwatch two. Oh yeah. That's it. Well, I'm as excited as that pregnant pause. That awkward silence isn't like latency. Yeah, yeah. that was just <laughs> it was, that was an actual pause. Ah. <laughs> uh. We have fun here. It's opinions of Chief with Cameron and Chad. It is. It's the both of us. We got opinions. They're stupid. Yeah, I think so. I was going to save this for my glad space, but I might talk about it now. I dyed my hair. Like, you did. vibrant ass pink and purple. And that's great. I'm it's happy very, with that. It's very, very pink. Yeah, it's cool. I, uh. It was a fun Saturday. Heather came over, my coworker, and, and I, I bought I brought the wine. I had the dye, and she brought the bleach. And we kind of just made a couple hours of. We watched Speed Racer. Um, it was a good it was a good time. It was very fun, and I like having I like looking like an anime character, Cameron. It's it's kind of cool. Like I look in the mirror, I'm like, look at that fucker. He's got weird hair. It's pink. And it's like, oh, that fucker's me. I think it's funny that you. Uh, you look more loud in real life than you do on a VR chat. <laughs> yeah, the uh, I don't know about that. The the character I use in VR chat has like a dragon tail and little like dragon scaly things on her head. Like, I don't know. It's pretty muted for VR chat standards. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like tails with giant tits. I know we've yeah. seen a few of those. We have weird hobbies. So, okay. We do. Now, I gotta, I wanna ask though. Did you do this before, but you did like purple, right? Yeah. Okay. So, last year around the same time, I dyed my hair purple, but I didn't bleach it first because I bought this stuff that's for brown hair. So, it, it wasn't very vibrant. Like, you could see it under certain lights, or if you knew it was there, you could tell, but it was. Most people did not notice I had my hair dyed until like a month after when I was like in a specific, like the, the lunchroom and you could, and the lighting was better. And they'd be like, oh, did you dye your hair purple? And it's like, yeah, I did that a month ago. Uh, so this time we bleached it and got it down to like actual like strawberry blonde, which I don't know if I sent you that picture. I look really weird with blonde hair. Um, and so then we went with a brighter color than dark purple. Actually, there's purple in there. The roots are purple. And so it's two-toned. It's purple and then there's pink. And then there's a bit of strawberry blonde that we missed. And so there's like three colors going on. And it looks awesome. But this was harder for people to ignore. Like I walked in and people were like, oh, God, you did something to your hair. Like that is it. That is an extremely obvious thing you had done over the weekend, which has been kind of fun. Uh, most of the people I work with. The, the men over 45 either don't get it or don't seem to like it. And then basically all the women think it's great. Well, that's kind of where you want to be, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I, it's funny. I meet with like a lot of outside contractors and, and I have like meetings with important people. And like I had a meeting with a president today who hadn't seen me yet. And he just like walked in. He's like, oh, oh, okay. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot like you exist here. Um, never walked by your office this week yet. <laughs> Guess what I did? 
I got another meeting tomorrow. We're hiring new electricians. Uh, and so I'll be meeting like the owner of this electrician company that, that manages 15 people. And I guess he's in his like late sixties. So that'll be fun. <laughs> I want to think of like a joke, but I'm having trouble writing jokes. This isn't my night for jokes. That's okay. I'm the joke tonight. Like, I understand it. It's, you know, not like, I don't know. It's been a weird week, but uh, it's been kind of fun, too. Well, that's not, People are that's like, did you do that though. on purpose? I'm glad you're enjoying your, your style. Yeah. I had, someone asked me if I did it on purpose, and it's like, no, I accidentally made it pink. Like, cool. <laughs> I do recommend that if, if anybody listening, if, you, if you've ever wanted to dye your hair and you're in a position that you can do it because it's not going to like affect your job, uh, it's fun. Give it a go. It's kind of neat to see yourself a bit different. Um, I'm enjoying it. I have to add more conditioner tomorrow because it's like semi-permanent. So it, it fades over over time and I got to like add more. So that's what I'll be doing when I get home. I got a haircut. Hmm. Uh, my favorite barber closed and then my backup barber closed. And I kind of just went a couple months without getting a haircut. And then that turned into a couple more months, and then it turned into, like, boy, my hair is very long. And I think everyone at work kind of got used to that, but it's like, I can't live with this anymore, so I finally, like, I'll just go to this new place here, I'll try them out. And I just want to say I'm not super happy with it. Aww. Uh, I mean, like, you know what it's like to not get a good haircut. Yeah, it's such a weird and bummer. it's like, I feel like he, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I got something that's uh, a little uh, young. Like if I was 20, it would be fine. It, it, like it feels like a young kind of haircut. Like if I was a teenager, maybe oh. where the sides are very, very thin. And then the top is like almost still long and you're supposed to style it in a way. Oh, yeah. I see that on a lot of people. Um, yeah, it's typically a on the younger right side, now, but I just. I feel like a douche. Like, it doesn't compliment my beard. Sure. It looks like I'm trying to be younger than I am, and that's not what my intent is. I guess, it, yeah, I've I've seen that haircut. Um, Heather has a, a similar version of that right now, which looks really good on her, and then she dyed hers like a turquoise. So we both walked in on Monday with, with fun hair. Um, I've seen it on other people. I've seen it on more like non-binary people and like, you know, people in the LGBTQ community that I have on sh straight people, I think, at this point. Uh, so I kind of associate it with like that, which is fun. Um, I don't I wouldn't think I could pull that off. I, I have very long, shaggy, stupid hair. And like, that's what I like. I remember the last time I got a cut, I was like, only take like an inch off. I kind of want to keep it a little longer because it just like that suits my face. And she took off like an inch and a half. And I was like, oh, no. But that's just like, oh, I'll just wait a bit and it'll it'll be fine. Whereas if you get like a kind of a styled cut like that, that's wrong. I don't know what you do other than like have it buzzed and then you just start over from scratch. Like, I'm not sure. Yeah, it it's not that bad. Um, I'm able to kind of like comb it back where it doesn't look like that's what the style is. Sure. I'm just worried about it growing out funny because like if the top hair gets too long, it's just going to constantly hang over weird no matter what I do with it. Mm hmm. So it's like, OK, do I just like trim this myself until I can get the whole thing fixed or what? I'm kind of surprised they oh. gave you something like like a, that kind of like just a, a specific style in general. Like typically when I go get my hair cut, they're like, what do you want? Even the person I go to all oh. the time, like she's still like, hey, so what should I do? Yeah. OK, so, dude, I didn't tell you about how I got the haircut. Uh, so it's a new place. I walk mm -hmm. in and it's really cool. Like, it's got this very relaxed vibe. They have uh, big TVs that are playing Jaws. Oh, hell they yeah. They had a pool table over in the back. Like, it looked like they had, like, a break room slash living area. Like, I don't know if they, they might actually, like, live out of the building. I couldn't really tell. But it was just kind of, like, relaxed. And it was busy. Like, there was a lot of people there. So, it's like, oh, they're popular. I guess, it, you know, it's a good place. And so, the guy sits me down and he says, okay, what do you want? And he points at a wall and there's like numbered hairstyles like of length. And it's basically like photos of more or less the same person. Just the hair is getting longer. So I'm like, well, I guess I want like number five. 
he's like, number five, okay. And so he starts cutting my hair, and it kind of just looks like my hair. Like, yeah. It, it, he's just shortening the hair like I would want. Um, And at some point, he goes like, oh, wait, let me turn you. And he turns me away so I can watch Jaws. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And so I'm watching Jaws, and it's a good scene. Like, boy, this is a good movie. And he turns me back in the mirror, and it's like, dude, what the fuck? And it kind of dawned on me, all the reference pictures are this style. And oh. all the barbers had that style, and everyone was leaving with that style. And it didn't even click. Like, it was kind of like in hindsight, oh, I I ordered that. That's the I one guess. that's like going into a McDonald's and getting a Big Mac. Oh, oops. That's weird, though. Like, I've never been to... I, Granted, I've been going to the same uh, salon for a very long time now, but like even before that, it's always, it's never been like, hey, pick your happy meal and we'll do that. It's sort of like, what do you want? Explain it to me and then we'll go from there. And I usually always just say what I got, but shorter. I've, I've had the exact same hairstyle all my life. Um, whether that's a good thing or not is a different debate, but it's sort of like, hey, take an inch off, take an inch and a half off. Like I don't... The idea of pointing out a picture and just being like, that one is so weird to me. But then, like I said, I've been going to the same hairstylist for almost a decade now just because, like, she's a friend. And it's like, hey, Karen, how's it going? You should cut my hair. You go see any concerts lately? Let's talk about music for 40 minutes. Yeah, see, that's what I kind of miss is knowing my barber. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, funniest 4chan post of the week. Uh, someone posted a picture of Rolf from Ed, Ed, and Eddie. And the question was, how do I ask my barber to give me a haircut that looks like Rolf without showing him a picture of Rolf? That's a fantastic question. <laughs> I got to look this fucker up again. I mean, I know what he looks like. Yeah. How do you do that? Honestly, well, that's the thing. He, he, he basically has a very normal haircut, but it's like his bangs are longer. Mm-hmm. Where it's like it's parted on the side. Um, like it's basic, but also those cartoons are a little abstract, so it's hard to like pull exactly what the guy was going for when he said that. Yeah. Honestly, like I feel like at that point you gotta own it, just bring in a picture of a cartoon character, be like, make me look like this this person. Remember that on The Simpsons where like uh Ralph walked into the barber shop and he's like, I wanna look like this, and he held up a picture of Charlie Brown. No. That was the joke. Oh. Oh, yeah, funny. I guess that is the joke, isn't it? So That's good. Uh, of course, like I think we killed enough time. Uh, this is one of our favorite episodes of the year. It's our music club. Yay, music club. I didn't even think about... Okay, who who goes first? What are we, what are we going to do first? So, uh, for the listeners, the picks were... Weird Al, Poodle Hat, and then Devin Townsend, Empath, which are drastically different albums, as uh, you could probably have guessed. <laughs> so yeah. I don't have a preference who goes first. <laughs> Weird Al's the comedy music, parody music. Devin Townsend is like very avant-garde prog. <laughs> so what would you prefer to talk about, Cameron? Because these are going to be two extremely different conversations, I think. You know, they are... Um we can flip a coin. I don't have one on me. Okay, I do. Uh, okay, so pick uh, heads is Devin Townsend and tails is Weird Al. Okay. Oh, heads. There we go. Empath. So, I guess to introduce Empath, this is the first Devin Townsend I actually ever listened to. Uh, came out, I want to say in 2019. I watched one of the singles. Uh, the thumbnail caught my eye. Because it had a, a, a picture of like a, a cartoon cat wearing a spacesuit. And I was like, I'm all about whatever this weird shit is. And uh, the the music is very, it's very this man. Like he, he, Devin Townsend is a very, uh, I don't want to say prolific because I'm sure a lot of people don't know who he is. But he's very much his own sound. He's been in the music industry forever. He's made so much. He's been in a lot of different bands. And he brings this kind of vibe and this weirdness and, and this esotericness and kind of comedy, but also uh, really serious. Like, he's just a really complex person. And he'll just take, like, all of these weird ideas and stick them in one song. And just be like, fuck it, this is the song. Now this is what I do. And he still makes them, I think, accessible. Like, I'm not the biggest fan of Prague. 
I, I think it can feel very up its own ass. It can, the songs can be way too long. They can kind of get boring and weird. And there's always something about at least every song on this album. It just it just has something in there that that I really find captivating and I and I or lovely or or just fun to listen to. Um, I wrote a decent amount of notes, so just like my random thoughts as I went through this, but it's. It's a dense album. He's apologized as like this is his weirdest, densest album that he's made, uh, at least up until probably what he released last year. And uh, I, I, I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are. I accept his apology. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So I'm not super familiar with Devin Townsend. I know you've sent me one or two songs before. But that almost doesn't matter because, like, the whole album is such a ride and it touches on so many different uh, random elements and also very composed elements. But, yeah. man, like, I, I did not enjoy it at all. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, man, I'm sorry because like, it's long. <laughs> I'm So, I well, I'm, like, listening to it and I'm like, man, I wish someone would Devin Towns end my life right now. Jeepers. Um, no, I'm, I'm being hyperbolic. It, it okay. was ups and downs. But I think what I want to summarize my experience with is that I walked away uh, after the first listen. I very much wanted to hear the next track, each one, because I can recognize the artistry behind it. Like, it isn't random. Like, he put things, he did compose things, and it's like I can see that. Because I've heard, like, random prog rock that's just noise. And this is like, oh, no, it's doing a thing on purpose. And mm-hmm. I found the artistry very entertaining and interesting. Even the ones that were boring and I couldn't tell if the song ended yet or not. But then there were ones that I liked where it's like, oh, I wouldn't mind listening to that one again. Uh, I also, I, I think you, <laughs> you gave a warning that like the last one is like 20 minutes long and it's optional. Yeah. But I almost would recommend that one over the rest of the album. Because I feel like it's structured better. When I listen to that back, I I kind of I don't disagree with that. I think um, Singularity has some of the actually best writing in the album. It's uh, it doesn't. It, it's not like padded. It is. It's a twenty minute song, but it's constantly doing something that's different while moving through all of the different uh, emotional beats of the rest of the album. But then it actually has like like some of the best lyrics. I think some of the best guitar. Uh, it's it's a very wall of sound. So if you're into that, which I am, it has some of the best. Like just you're getting hit by this constant barrage of noise. It's it's really cool. The problem is is it's last, and so it's like, well, if you're not enjoying it, I don't want you to listen to a 20 minute song that's basically the Cliff Notes version of the rest of the album because that would just be rude. Because <laughs> it's it's a long album. It's like an hour and 20 minutes almost. Yeah, uh, I think it's actually kind of funny, too, because um, like I, I tried to listen to it once, just kind of listening and paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for my second playthrough, I wanted to have it playing while I was on Elder Ring. And that oh, game sure. is so big and grand, but also like this hodgepodge of ideas that it almost complemented the soundtrack in a bizarre way where it's like, oh, you know what? These shouldn't pair, but also they pair perfectly. Mm-hmm. Which I found very interesting. It's funny, like, I when I first heard this, and we, we started doing Music Club, I was like, I wonder if Cameron, I was like, he might like this, because it's it's weird in, in, some, in the ways I think some of the music you send me is. Like, it, it's very esoteric, but there's a lot of artistry behind it. Now, obviously, there's a, that's a double-edged sword. Um, but when I was listening to it the other day and, like, really paying attention to it, I was like, oh, my God. Like, there's very little, like, repetition to most of these songs. They do kind of that prog rock thing where they just it's true. keep inventing something new. And maybe he'll repeat a little bit of a chorus somewhere just so you're like, oh, I guess that's the chorus. But there's not a lot to, like, latch onto in most of these songs. It's very... It, it's. It's not user friendly in a lot of ways, and like I said, he he like in his liner notes in the album like apologized for that because he definitely was aware that he did that. I want to talk about Genesis. Okay, I liked Genesis. Genesis is um, a good song. I feel like that one 
it's got like the most basic structure where it builds up, even though it's a longer one, it seems a little more coherent, I guess. Mm hmm. What's funny about Genesis is I think like I wrote down that the, the major like what I would consider a chorus doesn't hit till like three minutes into the song. Like it's a lot of like <laughs> ambient buildup and, and you're just like, OK, this is going somewhere. I don't know where. And it's it's got that music tension. I really like that. I think is part of good songwriting where you don't quite know what's going to happen next. And then you get you get this like false chord grunt that is so out of out of left field where he's like, <clears throat> And then he, he just goes into the chorus like, oh, okay, that didn't make any sense, but we're here now. And the song's almost over. Like, it it, it takes forever to get here, and then it only really does it kind of like maybe once or once and a half times. And then there's like a random kitten meowing at the end of it, because why not? And it's just such a strange trip of music. Oh, you know, I actually kind of wanted to ask about that. Is that a kitten or a bird? I guess I'm not sure. I, I kind of thought it might be a kitten, but... It sounds like a kitten, but there's like beach sounds and seagull sounds. And I was yeah. almost wondering, like, well, I wonder if that's just a bird I'm not familiar with. And I thought it was a kitten because I'm familiar with kittens. Mm -hmm. Or is this just random for the sake of random? <laughs> I don't know. There are definitely things in this album that I feel like maybe could be random for the sake of random. Like the song that opens with uh, like the children's nursery rhyme or like the little kid story about a bird that wants to fly. That one was Sprite, right? Uh, Sprite, yeah. I, uh, when that one started, I thought, oh, maybe this will be up my alley. Because it reminds me of Resident Evil 8 Village trademark. Uh, and then it's like, it, it hung high for too long. Like, I, I was expecting a sharp cliff. I was expecting like a huge drop or something and then the song would start. But it's like it mm -hmm. stayed in that preamble state for way too long. Yeah, I wrote the um, I I, I wrote like the, I found the song like hypnotizing, and it's like something you could just space out and fall asleep to. It's very like ambient. That's fair. It is ambient. Uh, what was? Oh, hear me. That was the other one I really liked. Yeah, hear me's great. Or, or am I thinking of why? No, I'm thinking. Hear me of hear has me. the that repetition um, of all the world is, which I really, really liked as a lyric, but also just something to latch onto. Yeah, it gives you something that's like, oh, this is a song. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm being oh, mean. I, I no, I'm trying fine. to be funny, but like I feel like it's coming across as like spiteful or something. Like, you know, I don't know. I respect Devin Townsend's craft. Um, even if it's not really for me, this isn't like Taylor Swift where I just don't get it. Right. Yeah, it's um, I, I love Taylor Swift. Oh, shit. I should have made you listen to uh, to one of her newer ones. Probably not. I don't know if you would have liked that. Um, yeah, Devin Townsend, he the what he released in 2021 was two ambient albums called The Puzzle and then The Snuggles, which I think I talked about in a glad space, but like. The song um, Sprite, it's basically, if we took that and just composed an album out of that kind of music, like really weird, chill, hypnotizing, kind of like off-putting at points, uh, ambient stuff for like an hour. It's great to write to. It's great to kind of just like have on in the background while you're doing something else. Like I love that kind of music is like work music. So that's always been kind of a thing he does and i think he umped it a little bit more in empath and then last year he just like fuck it we're gonna do an entire album of this and then he's got a new one coming out this year that's gonna be a little more on the normal side i don't know if that's gonna be normal as in like empath normal or normal as in like his earlier stuff which is a lot more normal song structure uh more melodic easier to follow still kind of silly like Honestly, I probably should have had you listen to like Ziltoid or something, which is a concept album about an alien who's like trying to find the perfect cup of coffee at on Earth. Like it's like really silly. He wants to take over the world, but he's kind of shitty at it and he just wants coffee. That sounds cute. Yeah, like like I I I kind of picked almost the worst album of his to get into, but it's also the only one I really like fucking love <laughs> just cuz it's there's something about the atmosphere and like the vibe of this album that 
I really, really latched onto when it came out because there's a lot of like hidden positivity in the lyrics and in like the swelling of of the certain chord progressions. There's a lot of heavy stuff. There's a lot of dark stuff too, but kind of the light wins out once you go like toe to toe. If you like made a a chart like good, bad, good, bad, right vibes or whatever. It's like there's slightly more light vibes than bad vibes. And it's kind of neat how they fit together. And I think just like as a piece of art, I think this album is like really superb, but also, yeah, it is hard to get into. It's very dense. It made me think about um, like avant-garde weird albums. Mm. And you pointed out before too, that like I listen to like literal garbage. That's stupid. And you're not supposed to listen to it. We were supposed to listen to clown core today, but you betrayed me. I I'm thinking we might do that next time. Unless I want to punish you for revenge. Because I, <laughs> I have a plan B for that. <laughs> but um, we'll save the Pupini sisters for another time. Oh, My point God. was, <laughs> if I had... I, <laughs> do, you, do you know them? No, but the name sounds ominous. Oh, dude. So, if I had a avant-garde concept album, I would want side B of the vinyl to open with a song called uh um like it would be something like ominous sounding but like an incomplete sentence and then when i do a second album the side b of the record would finish that sentence and if you play both of them at the same time they're companion songs that overlap oh, but there's a cool. hidden code where if you listen carefully you'll hear an address and if you go to the address then there's like a pizza shop. And if you have both records and you walk in, the first person in gets a free pizza. I like that. That would be my legacy. You should try to do that. I believe in you. I, I want to earn my two paragraphs on Wikipedia. I want to quick talk about the song Borderlands. Because I really like the song. This is like one of the longer ones on it. And uh, it... It's a long song. The chorus doesn't hit until like I think f- four minutes in. <laughs> it's composed like such a weird atmospheric black metal song, which I didn't notice until I was listening to it for this show. And I was like, oh my God. I, I hear this in like the weird, off putting, noisy shit I listen to, and I want to write sad things. <laughs> but it's not like, you know, uh, emotionally it's not there, but the structure is, which is kind of cool. And there's just moments of extremely high intensity followed by moments of like strange noises and nature and just kind of low atmosphere stuff and it goes it just goes back and forth kind of at the drop of a hat for no reason and then it's like has a really nice chorus at the end we're like oh that's the catchy bit but it's also it has that happiness and the ominousness kind of going on at the same time and it's just it's got like it's so it's so strange in a good way to me yeah, you know, I was, uh, I'm listening to it now to like refresh, and I forgot I had this feeling when I heard it where it's like, oh, yeah, this is Chad's thing. Mm hmm. Um, like there's things about this that I like. It's just, I can't imagine sitting down and like going, like, oh, that old Tevin Townsend album. I'll, I'll put that back on. Um, but it's, it's not like any of this is bad. You know, it's really just a taste thing. Like, I can see the work going into the structures of each song. And they're all different, too. That's the other thing is I I was half afraid that the entire album was going to be this, like, one stretched out thing. Yeah. And it's not. Uh, There are long parts. But it's a pretty diverse uh, set of tracks, really. Yeah. Within the genre, but... I'm kind of thinking back to when I first heard this, I really liked, because I think uh, Evermore, I think, was the first main song. That's the one with the cat. And uh, that song structurally is kind of weird because it feels like multiple choruses stuck together. Like, if you listen to that, nothing really feels like a verse. There's, like, an intro and then something that's, like, jaunty like a chorus and then something even jauntier. And then it just kind of jumps around, like, things that are like, why does this feel like the chorus to a worse song? But it's just part of this song. And I really like that. So when the album came out, I first listened to it. I don't I wasn't super into it because I was like, this is fucking weird. And then 
if I needed something to listen to and I wasn't sure what, I just like would throw this on. And eventually I was like, I keep listening to this. I should probably just buy it. And then bought it. And I started listening to it with my good headphones. And I will say the production of this album is a major selling point. If you have like a really good quality pair of speakers or headphones, this sounds so massive through it. It's just like swirls around your entire head and it's wonderful. I want to talk about singularity a little bit. Okay. Um, I, I, I kind of said it before, but it's like, I think it functions really well. Yeah. And I think I really like this idea of just long form. Like I enjoy when artists will do something a little different. And I hate that pop music set a rule that all songs are two minutes long. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, Hey, if you have a thing that should be 20 minutes, then just do it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm all for that. So I was very curious what, a, like after listening to the album, I'm like, well, what's a 20 minute one of these sound like, <laughs> uh, but it's like, oh, you know what? Like, I, I don't mind this at all. Like I, it wasn't like an experience. I finally got over it. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm whining a lot, but that that's not what I'm trying to convey. No, I, I'm not upset or nothing. I'm, I'm totally fine with, with what you're saying. Uh, I don't. I don't totally disagree with any of it. I, I there's, I should have picked. There, I had so many albums I could have picked, and a lot of them were more accessible than this one. I, I this was sort of the, but maybe this will click because I, I keep trying to like my goal when I pick albums for you is I want you to like them because I could just pick shit I like. It's like, hey, do you want to listen to Dissent to him? Fucking no one else does, but like me and other brain damaged morons like myself that like brutal death metal. And if you want to hear one concept stretched to an entire album. That's distant to him. 45 minutes of just the same grunting. It's phenomenal if you're into that. Uh, but there's, you know, there's other stuff I could have picked. Um, maybe should have. <laughs> but I I, 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 I'm glad I got your opinion on this. So I, I think we're having a fun talk. Like, it's it's fine. You know, we're, we're adults. We don't have to like everything the other likes either. Like, the, you know, it's it's great. It's cool. Man, I am so burnt out on that. Uh, like I, I went and saw the Batman movie and then I checked online to see what people are saying and it's like well I wish I didn't know anyone's opinion about it <laughs> I just enjoyed the movie yeah oh my gosh okay so any closing remarks um uh, I would say to any listeners who are curious give this a try and either start with Singularity or listen to Genesis, Spirits Will Collide, and Evermore. So basically the second, third, and fourth song. Because those those three to me are a really good time capsule of this album. While also being some of my favorites until you get to the really weird shit like Why and Borderlands. Which are, are fairly long, dense, strange songs um, that maybe need context of the album to really work. I, I do think some of these songs, if you listen to it by itself, it doesn't work. Like, this has to be kind of listened to from start to finish, with the exception of Singularity, which stands on its own very well, but is long. So, that's my suggestion. Or, if you like weird ambient music, check out... I would check out The Puzzle, which is what he put out last year. It's really strange, but really cool, and the process for the composing of that was extremely fun he did like a video series on it and it was largely like hey me and my friends were all in quarantine i told them to compose things and send them to me and i was going to make a song out of everything my friends sent me i didn't give them any direction it's just it was just parts and so it was literally a puzzle to put together for him and it's uh it's a cool set it's of fun set of tunes yeah it's it's very neat um shit we're at 37 minutes we should talk about your pick, which was Weird Al Poodle Hat. Yeah, so this is, uh, for context, this is his 2003 release, which normally doesn't matter, but because he parodies, like, popular things at the time, that's, like, the context of the album. Uh, boy, where to begin? Um, I, I talked about, like, I wanted to pick a Weird Al album, and I spent a week listening to, like, every album, <laughs> and it's, like, it's hard to pick one. 
And so, like, I should pick one that has a story to it or one that has the most good songs on it. And I don't know exactly why, but I, I think Hardware Store alone made me think, hey, I, I think I want to put this one on the show. Hard Hardware Store is a fun song. Yeah. Um, I think it's a little, uh, what's the word? It's good. He knows what he's doing, but it's also just, it's more Weird Al. So sure. if you've heard Weird Al before, then you, you you get it. Uh if one of these songs came on your autoplay, you'd you'd tolerate it. Why not? But I think in that sense it sort of represents his work pretty well. So I did want to pick like a basic album for that reason. Sure. Uh was there anything that stood out to you? Have you heard this album before? No, this is my first time listening to this. I listened to it twice this week. Um, I have I have kind of mixed feelings on comedy music. I don't I don't dislike comedy music, but I also feel like most of it spends its joke in the first verse and the first refrain, and then just kind of farts. And it's like the rest of it doesn't really matter. Um, I think Weird Al largely knows how to construct a joke, though, where it's like, well, okay, so verse two has to be funnier than verse one, and the second chorus has to be funnier than the first chorus. He doesn't always do different words, but, you know, he has the ability to. He knows he does. And so there's a there's something to the way he constructs a funny song that I think works better than 99% of people writing comedy music. Just because he, like, understands it better. The uh, The big standout for yeah, me I'm was... Yeah, I'm trying um, to think of other comedy music, and I can't. So, I know Bo Burnham, uh, he had that big comedy special uh, last year maybe that was in 2020 that that Netflix special that was really wildly popular. I watched it. I enjoyed it, but my biggest criticism of it was that it was like 20 minutes too long and almost every song could have been cut in half because once he threw his joke out there, it was, it was done. Like, but he kept going. Like he, he just spun his wheels um, on most of those songs. Then you get to the song, like, like the, the complicated song that the Avril Lavigne parody and every verse is like a new joke. And that song is fucking hysterical. Like that is a really well done parody because it's, it just like it it escalates over and over and over again. Or something even like hardware store. We're like, okay, the joke is like, what well, we what can we buy at a hardware store? But like by the third iteration of it, it's like he's getting so absurd though. Like it starts with like normal shit that that's funny. He's just singing about normal shit to like the weirdest stuff you can find at a hardware store. Same with eBay. And so there's this really nice progression to a lot of these that justify the runtime yeah i think that's a very important thing is that joke structure uh supersedes musical structure but weird al's talented you know him and his band do such an amazing job with the music that they meet expectations on the musical structure even though they're prioritizing the joke structure yeah and that balance is key that is critical that being um, said, it's still comedy music. I don't, I don't entirely. I get comedy music because it's fun, but like, I would never normally sit down to listen to an entire album of this. Like, th- this definitely was a one-off for the show. Um, and the songs he chooses to parody, I think his parodies really sell the fact that they're really good songs. Like, freaking um, oh, uh, where the hell is it? The like the Billy Joel song or the uh, the the Backstreet Boys parody, like those are such good songs that even if you're not feeling the joke or you're kind of just like letting it fade into the background, it's like yeah, but God, the these songs are so well written. Like fucking, I want it that way is a fantastic pop song, and this almost like proves it's a better pop song than like most other things. Like I could write an essay on why Backstreet Boys, I want it that way is a good song, or I could just make you listen to the parody and you'd be like, shit, this is a good song. Yeah, um, at work in the warehouse, the guys have a radio playing, and it's just like popular songs, but it's muted by just this, this. It's like there's enough walls and distance that I can't make out the words. I'm just hearing the melody, and my head fills in Weird Al lyrics for everything because <laughs> it, it's like it, it's just every single one's like, oh, that's a Weird Al song, uh, whatever CIA, haha. That's a Justin Bieber song, I guess. I hear Weird Al, um. Uh, so before uh, YouTube was a thing, excuse me, um, I had a Weird Al 
music video DVD. It was all of his music videos. And I would put that on in the background while I was like painting something or like cleaning my room or something, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like a fun collection, but it goes through the years. And it was like interesting to me how it's like, oh, there's songs I like from the 80s and the 90s and the aughts. Um, just from like the melody standpoint, and it's very interesting hearing this one guy cover all of them. Yeah, even though the jokes are the selling point, it's kind of like yeah, but this is good music to have on in the background. I like that he picks a very wide variety of stuff. Like even on this, there's there's pop music, there's rap music, there's older stuff, there's obviously his his polka parodies and his originals, but like. It's a an interesting wide range of sound that he he makes fit together because it's like the one band playing everything and then him him singing it. So like it 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 feels very cohesive despite being extremely varied, which is which is really interesting and kind of probably hard to do, but he makes it seem easy. It, yeah, he does make it seem easy. <laughs> He's and, and that's kind of the job of a clown too. You, you want to just look at this doofus and laugh, but when mm-hmm. you really pay attention to what he has to do, it's like wow. Um, there I sent you a picture of Daniel Radcliffe dressed like Weird Al. Hey, that's not related. No, but it's uh, nice. I didn't care for Party at the Leper Colony. That's an interesting song. I didn't like it the first time I heard it, and then the second time I heard it, and and the way it's just like a string of really weird puns about the uh, body parts, right? Like, give me a hand kind of thing, and it's like, oh, but the hand fell off and I ate it. Like, it, it's such a stupid song, but it's kind of whimsical. I'm not going to say it's a good song, but I feel like it it works. Like, he makes it work. Oh, you know what? Want to be your lover? I I feel like that one could be cut in half. Yeah, we're just like a series of the worst pickup lines in a row, and it's like, ha, it's kind of funny, but it's like we get it, and then there's like a long chorus at the end for no reason, and then it Mm -hmm. has like another verse. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's six minutes long. It does not need to be six. That's a rare miss, but that's a miss. <laughs> Honestly, I think Genius in France could also be cut in half because it's like damn near nine minutes, and it's like, oh, what's a Weird Al nine minute song? And the answer is, it should have been a four minute song. No, it always ends with a dumb song. That's tradition. I mean, it can be dumb. It just felt like it felt like it, that was the it's- one where the joke was overplayed. Yeah. Um, it's funny enough. It's like the the premise is like he's so he's dumb, but he went to France and he smells bad and has a stripy shirt and a beret and a baguette, so they made him president of France. And it's like it's kind of funny. It's not super funny. Dedicating to the bit kind of makes it funnier, but not nine minutes funny. I want to talk uh, about. Um, the angry white boy polka. Okay, because that was that was delightful. As someone who grew up on a lot of the new metal songs, he was making fun of and playing as a polka. That was so fun. It was. I was just like, "What's what? Which one's gonna come next? Which one's gonna come next?" And there's there's so many. No, he fits like a the, lot in there. I think every album, the polka melody or the polka medley is my favorite because it's just always fascinating to hear these lyrics put to polka. Mm-hmm. The, I didn't, I didn't recognize the vines or the hives or the strokes, but then there's like Papa Roach system of a down, uh, white stripes disturbed rage against the machines, Limp Bizkit stained kid rock POD of all fucking things. And then Eminem, like when he's like when he starts breaking into that John he's like we are we are the youth of a nation I'm like oh my fucking god he went there too like that's to me felt like kind of a deeper cut even though at the time I think that band was very popular but like no one fucking thinks about POD anymore. No, it's kind of it's kind of great. It's I think a, the other thing with these polka ones is capsule. that they stand the test of time because they're these like odd collections of things. That like it, it becomes like a time capsule, but in the sense that like a time capsule is the photos that you want to share and not the actual feelings of the time. 
Yes, that's a good way to put it. I want to talk about Bob. Okay. That's one of my favorite songs on this album and one of my favorite Weird Al songs, but I forget about it a lot because it's not like parodying something. It's also short. Two and a half minutes. Um, yeah, I think it, yeah, it's like reasonable. <laughs> uh, what did you think of Bob? Honestly, um, this one didn't strike me too hard and I'm like just now cramming it again. So I have an opinion on it. What's he parodying? Cause this is like, I, I thought this was a parody. He, I remember not. when I That's first an heard original it. one. Right. Okay. Oh, it's a Bob Dylan, like style parody. Okay. Fuck. He's like nailing that though. Cause yeah, that too. I mean, it's funny. It's weird. Oh, this is the um, song that's so all palindromes. Yeah, they're all palindromes. Yeah, that's fucking clever. Yeah, it's weird. If you don't pick up on that, it's like, what What even is this? It's just like a waste of time. Uh, I haven't heard that song in like years. Like it. It doesn't come up on playlists. It doesn't come up on like a greatest hits album. Uh, I haven't listened to my music video DVD in a while. So it's been years since I heard Bob. And when I was looking for what album to listen to and this song came on, I was able to sing along with it because I remembered practically all of the lines. And I thought, well, that's really bizarre. Like, why do I remember this song so well? And that's kind of why I picked Poodle Hat. Mm-hmm. It's because, like, oh, that song stuck with me in a way I didn't think it would. <laughs> the uh, Ode to a Superhero to me. So the complicated song was the one that made me laugh the hardest. Like, that one got, like, some pretty big chuckles. So that's funny. Ode to a Superhero that's, is, that's like, That's a really... perfect comedy song. Is Yeah. They're both quite good. Um, one of the things I want to talk about is, is some of the production on this. So I, before we started, I would, I listened to the, the parody and then the original back to back. Like I like would take an isolated chunk and go back and forth. Cause I wanted to see how close he was and he, he gets really close. Like he's, he's definitely doing his damnedest. I know um, in lose yourself. There's a lot of like delays and panning on the guitar that, that plays that guitar melody. And he likes he's like replicating the panning on that. Like it, it that's a lot of fucking work and like really um kind of shows like how much effort he's putting into his craft. He's like, we're gonna redo this song, but we're really gonna redo this song. Um I really like the kick drum in that song. I actually think it almost sounds a little better than the kick drum in the original, whereas in the original the guitar tone is better. And so and that's also kind of funny to see like they're, they're clearly they have their their instruments but they also have their limitations both in budget and probably just gear and so it's like what can they do better what can they do the same what can they do worse and you know the the gives and takes right um but just like some of the piano trills and stuff that are are really faint like sometimes they weren't there other times they were though and you're like okay he he really really did a good job trying to replicate what he was making fun of it and it so there's a lot of like love to it he's not like making fun of songs he doesn't like like you can tell he appreciates what he's doing yeah i think that's very true the um the complicated song was kind of fun because that was obviously like a really big high budget pop album from avril lavigne he did not have that budget and i think at the time you probably needed a bit more money to get like that bigger wall of sound, that kind of progression that sounds really uh professional and everything's kind of the same volume and perfect or whatever. So like the difference between those two songs and just how they sound is pretty stark. But at the same time, like he's doing a really good job of like trying to match her. His is a little more stripped down. Um, it turns out that Avril song actually has like a decent amount of electric guitar in it. It's kind of in the background, but it's there. Weird Al doesn't really have that as much other than specific parts where, like, you need it. And so it's another one of those you can see he's working within his limitations. But then, like, the bass tone he's got going is, like, better than the original to me. Like, it's way more prominent. It's nice and round. It's warm. And and so that was... It, it was really cool going back and forth. And I guess to the listeners, if you're bored and you have a decent set of speakers, or even if you don't, fuck it. Like, pick a Weird Al song you like and then A, B, them to the original. 
I think you'll be impressed and also kind of amazed at like it's gonna make you listen to the building blocks of a song and you'll you'll get to pick out stuff. I think you might have a good time doing that. Uh, yeah, actually, if you want to do comparisons, um, I might recommend Party in the CIA, which oh. I think is a parody of Party in the USA. Yeah, that no, might be born, good. N- no, no, that's right. Party in the USA. Um, that's another one where it's like, oh, this is like produced enough to be a song. Like, <laughs> why not? I know he did a Lady Gaga one at some point, and her music is like impeccably produced so that also could be a fun one to listen to um i so at my old job uh, i had a boss that was really burnt out on the whole like office culture thing and the office buzzwords and the stuff where it's like he'd be in a meeting and then he would like he would ask me afterwards like does anyone actually talk like this or are these people just trying to impress me by showing that they know business words like business as a verb, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we had this uh we had this running gag or like inside joke where whenever the, like the, the the head boss in charge would say, Oh, on this Friday we should all go out for drinks after work because you guys did a good job. And it's like none of us want to spend time together, but if you don't show up then you hear about it on Monday. So it's like this like mandatory fun. And uh, I'm listening to this album. I'm listening to Random Weird Al stuff. And this song comes up called Mission Statement. And the whole song is just a series of like business words. As if it's like a presentation, but it's just literally not saying anything. It's just talking about like synergies and quarterly returns and stuff. And it goes on for four minutes of just business as a verb. And that was in the album Mandatory Fun. Oh, wow. And I sent that, yeah, I sent that to my boss. I said, hey, have you heard this song? It's called Mission Statement. And the album's mandatory fun. And he gave me this look. And I hit play. And he was listening. And like two sentences in, he was like, oh my god. (laughs) Like. (laughs) One of the things, Weird Al is really known for his parody stuff. For good reason. But it also... I didn't realize he did so many originals on his albums. And so that was kind of fun to hear like these songs where it's like he's style parodying. And so it sounds familiar, but it's it's him. It's his band. Like they actually did compose a song. And it gives me a bit more respect for him. Like he isn't just the jokester clown making fun of stuff like, no, there's a lot of there's a lot of talent here. There's a lot of practice and, and effort that goes on. Yeah, um, in 2019, he toured with his Strings Attached tour, which is uh, orchestrated, like, string instrument covers of songs. And that was supposed to be really, really artsy and good. And I, I like, there was a scheduling thing where just I couldn't really make it work. And it's like, nah, that's a bummer. And then this year, he's going to do a tour where it's his original songs. And my dad's oh, cool. kind of like, we're not missing this one. And we bought tickets. Nice. I want to say it's September, um, but it's like, yeah, he's an actual talented musician, and I'm glad that people are starting to see past the clown makeup, but frankly, I'm surprised that it's the year 2022 and he can still wear clown makeup. Yeah. Like, I, th- this should have stopped in the 80s, and it didn't, and it's like, wow, dude, like, good job, what the hell? This is like, he's the Tony Hawk of comedy musicians. He really is. And he's like really respected. He's the one successful person. (laughs) (laughs) He's also really respected like in his industry because I don't know if you've seen it. He did a Hot Ones Mm -hmm. interview and uh, he had like a story where he was like at some party and like fucking Paul McCartney was like, oh my God, it's Weird Al and like went over and took a picture with him. And he's like, are you shitting me? (laughs) I make stupid (laughs) songs. And so (laughs) it's it's really it's cool, but, like, the dude's got a lot... Like, his vocal talent is crazy. I mean, I don't think he's got, like, the most beautiful singing voice, but he raps. He does, like, actual singing. He does, like, this really nasally funny singing. He does polka singing. He does folk singing. He can mimic a lot of different artists. Like, he's, like, a fucking chameleon. I'm curious, like, if he could add little bits of distortion. Like, if you wanted to do, like, like a butt rock song, like, could he kind of do that, you know, Nickelback kind of grungy vocal style? Because I bet he could. Like, I... I 
Or if he can't, I bet he could learn it because he's clearly, you know, very well in control of his own voice. Like, there was an interview cool. where somebody once asked him, uh, like, what would you say that you're most famous for? Like, what's your strongest talent? And he said, I'm really good at working or I'm really good at looking up words that rhyme with fat. <laughs> um, Because like the I think this is like right after the Michael Jackson one like went viral and stuff. And it's like that was kind of his big hit. And it's just a series of fat jokes. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he's actually struggled with this for a lot of his career where it's like, the, boy, this could all implode any second now. Um. Actually, I think when the movie came out, he thought that was the end of his career because the movie flopped. And it's like, well, that was my loss. I'm out. Oh, UHF? Uh, Yeah. That was a fun movie. And it's like, no, he's still going. I'm looking forward to his new movie. We'll see. I remember one of the things that really helped him is he got in on the uh, music video business like right away. And so he got on MTV a lot because he was cranking out cheap ass music videos and they needed content to filter time slots. So he's like, here you go. Here's a bunch. And they're like, fuck yeah. And, and so he like, from a business perspective, even like he jumped into something new right away and like played the game really well. Like you, I, you have to have like a, you know, that business savvy, like you have to just kind of have like the instinct for that. Right. And it's like, he had it. Yeah. I like that one where he did the it was the Beverly Hillbillies, but it's parodying uh, what is uh, Money for Nothing? Um, is that the name of the song? But y- you know that one with the the color oh. TVs, and it's like that bad yeah, CGI yeah, yeah, yeah. back when CGI was like new. And the I Beverly Hillbillies music video is done in that exact same style, and it's like hilarious to me. When I was in um, elementary school, my neighbor had uh, she had a handful of Weird Al albums, and so like I was introduced to him uh, by her, and I was like, "This is funny!" Like, and I just remember like really, really enjoying that. And then when um, I first started like making mixtapes, you know, mix CDs with LimeWire and Winamp, uh, I would always try to find like the newest Weird Al song to put on it. Like, I wanted all of my like shitty mixtapes to have one of his. Because I, I just seemed like cool a cool thing to do, but I also really enjoyed the the comedy of it, right? Especially his Star Wars stuff. Yeah, um, I I wanted to close out with one more story. So uh, I did see him live once, and it was at BlizzCon, and it it was a really good show. Like it was so good, and he was doing all his like big popular songs, but he actually did like costume changes. So like before Fat. He actually, you know, he would go backstage and put on a fat suit real fast and come back out. And it's oh, like, wow. I don't know how he, it was such a performance. Um, But to kill the time for the costume changes in between songs, they would play very short clips from things. And a lot of these were from like little interviews and little spots where he's like on a comedy show. And there was this one where... uh. He he was doing this bit where he would uh, pretend that he's interviewing somebody, but he's taking clips from someone else's interview and just like pretending he's talking, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, they took some like a uh, heartthrob teen idol guy that was popular near two thousand, and um and and so Al's like sitting there all serious and it's like so so yeah you know I, I was thinking you're talented I'm talented why don't uh why don't we write a song together? Uh, and he's like yeah sure I'd do that. And comes back to Al. He's like, okay, what, what do you think the first song should be? Um, I was like, well, you know, it's like everybody has cell phones, right? And so it's just like, why don't you just take out your cell phone? And Al's like, yeah, he's like writing this down. <laughs> it's like this is the <laughs> dumbest interview. And so then the show goes on, blah, 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 blah. Bunch of hits, bunch of, wow, I can't believe he did that. That was interesting. Oh, that was, a, well, that was good. Um, And then he goes, you know, he leaves. And it's like, and it's like, okay, is it over? No, and people, everyone starts clapping, encore, encore. Um, and then stormtroopers start marching out after the encore calls, and there's an army of stormtroopers come out. And then his uh, pianist comes out, dressed like the emperor, and comes out and sits down at the piano. And then Weird Al comes out, and he's just like a Jedi, and he's got his lightsaber, and he walks up to the mic, and he says like, okay, guys. You know, I'm not going to leave you without doing what you came here for. Um, and the music starts. 
Um, and he and he pulls out his cell phone, and he's like, "We all have cell phones, so why don't you pull <laughs> your cell phones out?" And he wrote a song, <laughs> and he did a whole like two minute long song about holding out your cell phone, and the whole crowd. <laughs> we have our cell phones out, and we're like waving them like candles. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> it was the best callback I've ever seen in a comedy show. That's really funny. That reminds me of uh radio this morning. They were interviewing some local musician that I've never heard of. And uh apparently he he, he wrote so he wrote a song about about the Russian Ukraine conflict and he so he's promoting that. And he wrote it recently, blah blah blah, and he's gonna be you know, playing at this bar, blah, 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 or whatever. And so they're like, okay, we're gonna play the song. And it was the most dog shit, haphazard, put-together piece of shit song I, I've heard in a very long time. Where it's like, you know, like Weird Al like, you know, wrote this thing probably off the top of his head right while he's up there, and it's like this comedy bit. This this was like that, but bad. And then they ended they're like, yeah, oh yeah, gosh. this guy, he's released another good one. You can see him at the local bar this weekend or whatever. And I'm like cracking up. I'm like, that fucking sucked. I can't believe he got airtime. And I don't remember his name or the song's name, but it was, uh, it was uh, an interesting two minutes um, this morning. <laughs> also, I don't really want to like shame him, but fucking, ew, that was, that was obnoxious. Well, okay. I think we had another very successful music club. I agree. I love doing these. I do too. I, I, I I'm glad we kind of keep them somewhat infrequent, but I also like continue to have like a list of albums that only just gets longer. Of like, I should introduce Cameron to this group. Yeah, it's something that I really look forward to. Like, I, I actually. I think we both intended to do this like a month sooner and it's like February kind of got away from both of us. Yeah. But next uh next quarter I'll make everyone listen to the Pupini sisters. Screw you. What will I make you listen to? I don't know. Ooh. Uh Okay, oh, I guess uh, any closing remarks? Uh no. Okay, that's good. How about a glad space? Um, shit, I talked about my hair already. I'm, I mean, I drank really nice bourbon today. That tasted good. I also had an Irish coffee. I know I mentioned that. That was great. Basically, liquor. Liquor is my glad space tonight. Oh, man. I hope, I really hope next week I can talk about a glad space about liquor because I'm expecting something in the mail, but I will, uh, I'll keep that until it happens. Oh, yeah, I was supposed uh, to send you something in the mail. Oh. It's a thing I plan on doing yet. Um, I'm oh, I, that too. I will explain why <laughs> after you have it. It's a secret. I don't know what it, it is. It's a secret. Okay, I found the song. I'm not going to say it on the air, but I'm going to send it to you so you can you can fucking laugh at it. What the fuck, V? There it is. Yeah, oh, thank you. <laughs> I, um, here we go. Oh, on Facebook. Oh, sorry. Oh, cripes. That video. Is this like a Tim and Eric bit? No, he's a genuine weird man that apparently lives in the area. But it's just, it's the Tetris theme on a MIDI keyboard. Is it? It's not exactly, but it's like... Dun 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 And his is like dun 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 Where it's like shitty Tetris. I don't want to be a douche, but I also want to be like, wow, you made the Tetris theme worse. Good job, dude. Oh my gosh. I I don't care for the voice. I can't, I'm, I, I'm getting really mean. I don't know. I, that's not my intent. No, you can be mean to this guy. Why is he hunched over to sing? You're not supposed to sing that way, you dickhead. Get a proper mic stand. Well, Take yeah, a shower. Just lift the mic up a little bit. Fucking weirdo. What are the Tetris lyrics? I don't think there are Tetris lyrics. I think there are. 
you know what? If anybody's going to prove me wrong on that, it yeah. will be you. Um, shapes made of four colored blocks, like a T or a box, come down like falling bricks. You can place them in rows, but everybody knows that they made this game for chicks. And there's like a bunch of misogynist jokes that follow after that. That's one of those songs that didn't age well, did it? Uh, I guess not. That's fun. What a fun note to end the show on. Um, my glad space is Brentofluss. You can unsubscribe to him too. <laughs> Just like your hero Cameron. I'm uh, going through YouTube right now and I'm I did have a real glad space, to... didn't I? Did you? Fuck. I did. You know what? Well, I wrote it down, but put out this a new is one. a long show, so I'll talk about it next week. Anyways, should we? Are we done? There we go. Yeah, I hope everybody had fun listening along. And next week we'll do a a watch along of um, Judge Judy. So look forward to that. Okay. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>